Hello and welcome to the Stay at Homeschooling Mom podcast. I'm Ginny Suford. I'm here with my good buddy, Mary Ellen Barrett. And we have a terrific topic for you today about taking your kids to mass, avoiding what we could call mass hysteria from your kids. Uh, but first, uh, I'd like to thank our primary sponsor, Seton Home Study School, and urge you to go take a look at their website. They are the premier Catholic home school in the United States, maybe in the world. We have lots of students in other countries now. And uh, also, please remember, if you like our podcast, to go like and subscribe wherever you uh, get your podcasts, because that helps us get to more people. Give us a five-star rating. If you feel like, gee, they don't deserve a five-star rating, just pass on the rating in general. We only want the best ones. <laughs> Anyhow, Marielle, maybe you could introduce today's topic, because it's one that I think a lot of our moms are going to resonate with. Oh, I think so. We titled it Avoiding Mass Hysteria. And the idea is to kind of give you some tips and tricks when it comes to bringing your children to mass. And the reason why I wanted to do this, and Ginny and too, is because we saw a few times on um, Facebook groups, Catholic, you know, homeschooling mom and just Catholic mom Facebook groups, where women were saying or asking, is it okay to just not go to mass because my kids don't behave well, or it's too difficult, or, you know, my husband is, is working and we can't get there all together and I'm alone with the kids or my husband's not Catholic or something like that. And well, it's very tempting to say, oh, yes, you poor thing. It's it's just too much work. Don't go. God will understand. The thing is, it's really not OK to avoid mass because the kids are kids because they're toddlers and they're babies and they behave like toddlers and babies. So we were hoping to kind of give you some tips and, and ideas to help kind of ease that stress. But the, the, I think Jenny, I think we can agree. The first way to ease that stress is to realize that you are always going to have that stress. I mean, well, it's you just... and I. So, for those of you that don't know Mary Ellen and myself, we both had pretty big families, lots and lots of kids, uh, and we both went to church on Sunday. Yeah. So this is something that we're very, very aware of. The fact is that you're going to have to make peace with the fact that your kids are going to act up sometimes. Yeah. They're not going to sit there like they're 65 years old with a veil on their head and saying their rosaries. They're just not going to do it. They're going to act up. They're going to wiggle. They're going to, uh, you know, make some noise. A one-year-old just makes noise. Yes, they do. I, and it's perfectly appropriate that they make noise. And and God and the Blessed Mother and any priest worth his salt knows that. <laughs> they just, everybody knows that. I think it gives you a joy. I've done, This last Sunday I was at Mass and there was a little, I was put her at about a year and a half. She was walking already. but she would stand up on the pew and then like sort of step loudly so she could hear herself. Oh yeah. Thought, she looked so cute and her mother's trying to hush her and stuff. And I thought, oh, what's the big deal? We'll all survive hearing a few little pounds on the pew. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, if you're distracted by that, then maybe it's it's your problem rather than the problem of having children at, at church. Because I think the best parishes are just chock full of kids. And you know, that happened to me. I was, where was I? Oh, my, my, I was at my son's house in Michigan and I just went to the local parish because that's you know, the local parish. And uh, it was loaded with kids. It was loaded with big families. And I remember thinking to myself, I just love this. Yeah. I'm just oh, so yeah. happy to see this. It is. It it's shows me the church is not dying in the United States. We still have great Catholic families. We do. And, and young families should be always encouraged to bring your children to church and people who are in our position, Ginny and I, where I, I sometimes end up at mass alone because I'll just be up really early on a Sunday and I think, yeah, all right, I'll just go now. You know, when, yeah. when, when nobody else is awake, I'll go to that very early mass. Um, so, but I, if I'm sitting near somebody who's got a noisy toddler or a noise, 
you smile, you encourage, you offer help. I had a kid that you reminded me. I was sitting at mass. I used to go to this novena and I had, it was in the winter because it was to the Immaculate Conception. And I had a coat with a fur collar on. It was probably false fur because I'm cheap. But the kid (laughs) behind me kept touching it. (laughs) I kept hearing the mother say, so cute. Finally, I turned around and said, listen, if that's going to keep him quiet, he can touch it all. (laughs) Another time I knew this lady, she knew my daughter. She really didn't know me well, but we knew each other by sight. And she had six kids with her. For some reason, her husband wasn't there with her. I, I got up to the pew before she went to communion. I said, listen, I'll hold the baby. You take the other kids. She was so grateful. She actually I got know. to go up to receive communion without having to hold on to a baby and clutch the toddler. Yeah. And I bet that was such a nice moment for you to get to snuggle a baby for a few minutes. Oh, so what we, it's we, the oh, best thing. Know, for those of you that don't have this problem anymore because your kids are older, remember what it was like. And if you see a lady that has lots of young kids and you know she's Tell her, oh my goodness, what beautiful children you have. Yeah. It was a delight to see them. Give I always some- say, come back next week, sit next to me. <laughs> Just yeah, come back next week and sit, sit I've offered to me. help them out to the car. Yeah. Like, happy to do it. But yeah. however, this is my big tip. Mary Ellen actually wrote it down, but this is my tip that she probably got from me years ago. And I'm going to claim, <laughs> lay claim to it now. I, I probably did. <laughs> the way to get your kids to mass on Sunday starts Saturday night. Yeah. It's the only way. Oh, my word. You absolutely have to lay out their church clothes. And when I say lay out their church clothes, I don't mean just the clothes they're going to wear, the underwear, the socks, the shoes, make sure every, you know, make sure the shoelaces aren't broken and that they're, you know, polished or whatever. The last thing you need at 10 to nine when you're racing out the house is to see that some kid doesn't have socks. Right. Yeah. Or, or I would even go as so far as to like in the bathroom prep, like have the hairbrush out, the hair ties, you know, cause there's nothing worse than getting to mass and your kid, you know, the hair isn't brushed or something like that. Right. Like you just feel like you're, Oh goodness, I'm not doing this well at all. It, it's defeating. It's defeating when you get it there is. and you're already behind the eight ball. <laughs> and it's, and you don't know what's going to happen on Sunday morning. You can think yeah. you have everything set for Sunday morning and then all oh, the day, the baby needs to be changed. And one mm-hmm. kid's, you know, one kid's nose is running and this and that. So if you set it up the night before, even set up breakfast. Oh, yeah. Just like put if, out the bowls know, or whatever. Eat, well, yeah, yeah, put the bowls out and the, the cereal on the table. And all you have to do is take up the milk. Yeah. Take spoons, too. Spoons would be a good idea. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it cuts down on the mess. I wrote an article for Seton Magazine. Oh, gosh, it's several years ago now. You could probably find it on the website. Um, and it was about prepping for Holy Week. And my suggestion in that article was on Monday especially if you have a lot of kids serving like in Holy Week and all that, and you're back and forth to church that whole week, right? You're just living in church. Um, prep the whole week's worth of outfits on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> get not a bad idea. Because that, you know, for me, um, as, as your kids get older and they're in choir and they're serving on the altar and then you have a canter. And you wear a white a, shirt or a black dress. Yeah, or white, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and it becomes like a big deal every day to, you know, to find the clothes. So I would literally put everything on a hanger and I would keep the little kids clothes in my room and the bigger kids, I would just keep them aside, like on their dresser. Here's Thursday's pile. Here's Friday's pile. Here's Saturday's pile. Um, just so we, you can avoid it. It's one less thing to think about. So if you prep on Saturday night, put the, once they go to bed or as they're getting ready for bed, you're pulling stuff out of the closet. You're pulling it out of the drawer. When you wake up in the morning, you put this on, you brush your teeth, you come downstairs and now yeah. we're ready for church. You know, so it, it, a good Sunday morning starts on Saturday night. Um, another one, and especially if they had that cereal. Okay. You ate your cereal kids. They're not receiving communion so they can eat. 
everybody go to the bathroom before you leave. Yes. You know, when, when I was a kid, a lot more Catholics went to mass, I have to say. So the men almost never sat down. They would be in the aisles. The fire marshal would never allow it now. Uh, and the pews were filled. And really, I don't know if there was a bathroom in the church that I went to when I was a kid. I really don't know. I've never went to it once. I, it was just never an option for us as young children. And I rude the day that my kids found out there was a bathroom back there. Um, because I, I have one of those families. And I think this is common. Wherever we went, somebody had to visit a bathroom. Like I, we, I said, we have been on a national bathroom tour, public restroom tour. Everywhere we have gone, we have to visit a bathroom. And once they figured out there was one back there at church, it was like, oh, let's go to the bathroom. Oh, and it's just an excuse to get up and down. Everybody it's can an go an hour. To up and down. It is a parade of kids. I I find it very, very difficult to believe that all of these children absolutely have to use the bathroom. <laughs> so what I, I got into such a habit of this, and I kind of did it in general, because finding a bathroom at Walmart was a big pain in the neck, too. So yeah. anytime I ever went any place, I would say, use the bathroom before we leave. I don't have to go. I don't care. Go right. anyhow. Just go in there care. and see what you can squeeze out because you're not going when we get there. <laughs> and, and it was just, and actually now that I'm old, my kids are old. My grandkids, some of them are old. I almost have to stop myself. Like if you and I were going someplace, Mary Ellen, I have to stop myself from saying, Mary Ellen, do you have to well, I, I would appreciate stop. that because I can almost always go to the body. <laughs> so that, that's another good one. When you get to church, and this is something I think a lot of people say, well, if my kids are rotten, I'm going to sit in the back <laughs> because that way if I have to sneak them out or something and they won't disturb as many people, I think that's bad advice. It gives you an out. It gives the kids an out. They they see that and they're like, oh, I, you know, this is easy. We only have to walk one one pew out. <laughs> like, I well, really... that, and also, if you think if you think of the, the world through a child's eyes, uh, if yes. they're sitting in the back of the church, what are they seeing? They're seeing the back of a bunch of older people. Yeah, they're, they're not, not seeing yeah. the altar. They're not seeing the priest. They're not seeing the candles. They're not seeing the thurible. <laughs> they're not seeing anything. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring. It's even more boring yeah. because you can't see anything. At least when they're up front, they may not understand what's going on. They might think that, you know, the homily is too long or whatever. And they're probably right. Homilies do tend to go too long. But if at least they can see the action and you can kind of whisper in their ear, like when the bells ring, oh, the angels are here. Look, you know, right. Jesus is here now. And you can explain it a little bit to them, a little whisper in their ear, and they have an interest in it. They do. I sat in front and I have to tell you, even though I was not a single mother, my husband was the cantor at our church. Oh, so you were essentially single for church because you were alone. I could have been a single yeah. mother because he was up on the altar. And my, 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 two of my older kids, eventually three of my older kids were servers. My boys served. Yeah. So I sat with the girls. Now, I had some older girls and younger girls and stuff. But certainly being able to see them helped. I will say my husband would throw them dirty looks <laughs> from where he was standing. You know, if, if people were acting up, most of the time they were pretty good. They really were. And I was not a big believer in, um, you know, packing up the toy room. Oh, no, I find that to be really distracted. Just just as another point before you bring them to mass and we didn't write this down, but it just popped into my head. Try okay. with the like somewhat older kids, say first grade on. Not It won't work for toddlers and babies. Read the gospel or the readings to them ahead of time. Make that part of your homeschool day, maybe Thursday or Friday. This is what you're going to hear on Sunday, because sometimes it engages their interest if they've heard it more more right. than once. So they'll pay attention a little bit better. 
But yes, That's the toy point. thing, the toy thing is, I find it's just a reason to make noise. It's a reason to squabble. It's a distraction. It distracts everybody around you. I've seen people bring video games to church. Oh, yeah, too. Or give the kids the phone to play with, like a video game on the Even phone. with I the think. volume off, it's just distracting to everybody around you. And it's, a, and it's a horrible habit to get kids into. Oh, yeah. I think about that when I see them at restaurants and they're on their devices. No, you can actually sit still and make conversation. Yeah. In church, there is a proper behavior. And that behavior is to sit still, at least pretend that you're paying attention mm-hmm. to what's going on at the altar and not disturb others. And I think toys are a horrible idea. You know, the little, little kids, like a two, three-year-old, you can give them some of those soft books of, you know. Right. Yeah. Those little soft toys. Or even if they, they go everywhere with their stuffed bunny or something like that. That's well, that's could, fine. I could, but I could do that one. Uh, the other thing that I did, Seton sells a little book called My Jesus and I. I just sent it to a couple of my grandkids. It's a small book and it has all these charming pictures of little kids and their guardian angels mm-hmm. helping other people. Do you know the book I'm talking about? Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful little book. It used to come with the the kindergarten curriculum. I, it may I still. I don't know. I don't know. But I sent it. I sent it to grandkids who aren't even in kindergarten yet. Um, just because that's a nice thing to have. I do think if you are going to bring a book after the kid is say three, I do think it should be something at least related to holiness. Yes. Yeah. A saint thing or a, or of the book of Christmas the mass. Or... Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of them out there. I mean, there's sweet board books. There's like, um, we had one with the St. Francis prayer, you know, and it was just right. a little board book illustrated and it was very pretty and appropriate and, and it would keep them busy for a few minutes. That's fine for little people, but I've seen people bring like a bag of Legos or a pile of Play-Doh. No, like, it's like, wow. <laughs> I see kids, and I think this is because their mothers did give in when they were three or four. I see seven, eight, nine-year-olds that can't sit still yes. and pay attention. And that's just that's just good etiquette for life. Like sometimes you are stuck somewhere where you have to sit still and at least, like you said, pretend to be engaged. Um, you're going to your your sister's, you know, concert or, you know, ballet recital or you're sitting in a waiting room waiting for some. You have to behave. You have to know how to behave. And part of it is sitting still and looking interested, even if you're, you know, in your head going da 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 whatever. Yeah, well, you have to look interested. Well, it's, it's just funny. My daughter, Claire, graduated from Marquette School of Nursing. But the School of Nursing graduates with the rest of Marquette. Marquette's a big school. It's a oh, huge university. Long one. Yeah, it's got to be long. And the only kids we brought were my two grandsons. One of them was four and one of them was six, I want to say. And I was squirming in my chair after a while. <laughs> but they sat really, really well. And afterwards, we we talked about it a little bit. Wow, you guys were great. We were so proud of you. But then I thought, well, they are used to sitting still in mass every Sunday. Yeah. And it does, it does carry over. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good life skill, if nothing else. I mean, if we're, we're advocating for them to sit still because, um, because of the sacrament and the holiness that comes from it, but it's also just polite behavior to, to sit still and pay attention. And you won't always be fascinated by everything that goes on around you. That's okay. You don't have to entertain yourself through mass because, you don't, that's not a, a habit you want to establish. And also because you don't want them to have to feel like they have to be entertained every time they every get slightly minute. bored. Right. Which is why people have the, the devices in restaurants and stuff. Instead of yeah. sitting in a restaurant and looking around and making polite conversation, they have to be playing a video game on right. my phone. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's a detriment to their attention channel. spans and, and yeah. everything. I just think it's a detriment to society. That people can't just sit still and not be entertained continuously. Um, yeah, actually, there's some evidence, uh, although I haven't followed up on it, 
that being bored is what leads to invention and innovation. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What um who invented the steam engine? What was his name? Robert oh, Fuller. Right. Fuller. There was a story that he was um as a little kid was fascinated by his mother's tea kettle. Like the steam flip in the top of the tea kettle, you know, so That's it whistled. Right, yeah. And so he was bored and looking at his mother's tea kettle and you know, then he has a steam engine, he invents a steam engine. Like, you know, boredom can, you know, produce invention or creativity. And it's okay to be alone with your own thoughts. So sure. so really pass on the toys and certainly no devices. And the other thing to pass on, I will admit I did bring some honey nut Cheerios to mass for like a two-year-old. Oh yeah. A little bag of that is fine. A little bag. But you know, when they're five and six years old, they can go an hour. Absolutely. They should, because oh. it's good training for the fast, you know, because you do have right. to fast before mass when, once you start receiving communion. Um, a, but a bottle or a sippy cup for baby, um, things like that, a little bag of Cheerios or, you know, something quiet, some quiet snacks. It's not yeah, the time to drink out the potato chips. chips. Yeah, <laughs> leave, leave those sun snacks. chips at home. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but that type of thing is is fine. It's fine. Well, this might be a good time, um, you know, as I mentioned before, Seton Home Study School is our primary sponsor, but we are thrilled, I have to say, that we have other sponsors as well. And perhaps we could listen to a short message from one of them. Hi, this is Mary Ellen Barrett. I spent many years traveling around the country, speaking to Catholic homeschooling families, encouraging them and helping them make the right curriculum choices for their family. One of the hardest things to hear is that parents want very much to enroll their children in Seton Home Study School, but are unable to for financial reasons. At Seton, we realize this can be a heartbreak for parents who want a solid Catholic education for their children, and we strive to keep our fees as low as possible. However, some families need a little extra help. If you can find it in your heart to help one of these families, please go to seatonhome.org and click on the donations tab at the top of the page and give what you can. 100% of the money you give goes to a homeschooling family who is in need of financial assistance. No one should be prevented from giving their child a Catholic education because of financial difficulties. So we ask that you give us a hand in helping those families at seatonhome.org on the donations tab. Thank you and God bless you. Welcome back. Thank you for sticking with us. And thank you to our sponsor. We are really, really grateful to all of our sponsors, and we hope that you check them out. Um, we are very blessed here to have Seton as our sponsor, to have other um, sponsors with us. And we're just grateful. We're really grateful for the success of the podcast and for everybody who is joining us here. We are talking about avoiding mass hysteria, bringing the children to church. And we just uh, kind of said no food, no drink, no devices, and try to sit up front so you can kind of see the action, see the candles, hear the bells, all that kind of stuff. So what's next? What's our other tip? Well, I think the little guys. So sometimes, uh, you know, I think a lot of moms bring a car seat in for the babies, the little infants. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but the little guys, the two-year-olds, the ones that are kind of likely to go bolting up the, the center aisle, <laughs> keep them on your lap. Yes. Keep on your lap, uh, very close. Uh, the, although another thing I would say is when you have like a three-year-old and a five-year-old, which I had for years, you kind of put that in between the older children. 
Right. You- I, I used to have to separate certain kids. So it yeah. would be like in every other situation. And, and sometimes like the older ones would hold the baby and I'd hold the toddler and Dave would hold the other toddler because we always had multiple toddlers. But um, and I I did a lot of baby wearing. I always had a, a wrap. So sometimes the infant would be wrapped up in me and then an older kid would have because of the twins. You know, somebody right. would have Bridget, somebody would have Sean. They actually liked sitting on our lap. Like it got to a point where we got in church and somebody would sit on someone else's lap. It became habit and it was helpful in containing the chaos. It does. But if, but there's going to be somewhat, there is going to be chaos. Sure. So don't let it, we've said this before. We'll say it again. Don't let it drive you nuts. These are children of God and don't be self-conscious about it. You could certainly like, I remember throwing people a rueful little look occasionally like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. But people mostly were very nice. And you know, I don't know if you realize, because, you know, moms with little kids are thinking, oh, this is just like ruining everybody's mask. But at the same time, like my one son was a little blonde kid with glasses and he was an altar boy, probably before he should have been. And his wife came up one time, it was an, his wife, no, a, a man's wife came up to me one time and said, you know, my husband talks about nothing else on the way to church on Sunday. I wonder if that little blonde kid's going to be there. He's so cute. <laughs> I mean, he looks like yeah. he's going to his own skirt, you know, walking on that. We don't know the effect of our children on other people. You do get attached to the little people who come to the same mass and kind of sit in the same area. There was a little one. He's now got a little brother. He's he's the big one in the family now. He's probably three or four. But my kids called him Peace Out Baby because he would, at the sign of peace, he would give the peace sign to everybody and go, peace out, peace out. Like from the time he was like 18 months old. And it was the cutest thing. And I all of my kids would look forward to this child every Sunday. Oh, peace out, baby's here. Peace out, baby. Think about maybe elderly whose <laughs> grandchildren don't live close. Yeah, it's just what, it's what a charming thing for them. I mean, just so nice. So don't let it worry you too much. However, and this occasionally happens, a kid starts howling. So, Maybe it always happens where like they they're standing on the kneeler and then they fall off and they hit their chin sort of, you know, that sort of thing. That That's going to happen. You can count on it. Uh, and by all means, you don't have to like leave the kid in church that and hope everybody's going to love you. You can take them out. But a good habit is to comfort them, calm them down and bring them back. Yeah. Always bring them right back. As soon as they're capable of just calming down and not be screaming, bring them right back. You can't get them into the habit of thinking, if I scream, we go home. Or if I scream, we go to the vestibule and I can run around. So the other thing is when you're back there with them, by all means, comfort them and calm them down or whatever, but don't let them run around. Don't say, oh, he just has to get a little bit of, you know, energy out because then he'll think to himself next week, gee, if I just get a little bit of energy out and want to go back to that vestibule. Always think about someone, whenever you do anything with your kids, this is one example, but there's many. Do I want this to become a weekly thing? Yeah. Do I want this to become a habit? I um, I was once kneeling at the consecration and this was when my oldest son, Ryan, was um, in a special needs pre- preschool. And they had had, some, I don't know, some kind of event where they had, um, you know, promotional junk. And there was a whistle. And which I just threw on my keychain. I have to this day no idea why I did that. So here, here we all, quiet mass. There goes the bells at the consecration, and there goes Ryan blowing on that whistle. Oh, gee. <laughs> and I'm looking around like, geez, whose kid is? Oh my Who's goodness, what is that? <laughs> Where did that come from? What kind of mother does he have? <laughs> I just, I wanted to die. I just wanted to die. And that is one 
of, I can't tell you how many stories where I just thought somebody is going to start a petition to, you know, have me convert to some religion that doesn't exist here in my town. Let her be a Hindu because I don't think we have any Hindus in this town. So she'll have to go somewhere else. I mean, I just, you do get embarrassed. I mean, they do things sometimes and you just think, oh, I am the worst mother ever. And then after it, People come up and just chuckle and say, huh, been there, done that. <laughs> well, that, get, that gave me a laugh, you know, so it's okay <laughs> to make people laugh. It really is. Uh, and if you know that somebody has come up to you after mass and, and said something nice or said, oh, I really enjoy seeing your kids, don't deny them the pleasure. Sit close yeah. to them next time you go to mass because they've already shown you that they're not bothered by it. And there are cranky old bats. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to give you the stink eye. They really yeah. are. And, and it's just, we once all filed in with all eight kids. I will never forget this. And the lady who was sitting in the pew in front of us just turned around, looked at us, got up and left. That's <laughs> I was like, well, and you know what? I was not at all offended because I thought we are probably going to annoy her to death. So it's That's good. Right. She let her go. That's I am the not best moving. <laughs> there was so. a lady in our parish um, here, you know, now that I have no more kids, but she was, I actually was her friend on Facebook. She's a homeschooling mom forget how many kids she had. I think she had six and she was pregnant. Then she had the seventh and her husband's not Catholic and God bless her. She brings those kids to mass every Sunday. Mm. Well, the baby was good, but the two-year-old was tough. Mm. I don't think she struggled with the baby. I think, and I mean, I think her oldest kid was maybe 12. She had a lot of little, little kids, God bless her. And uh, I used to sit behind her first of all, because those kids weren't going to bother me. Uh, right. And they really weren't bad anyhow, to be honest with you. But the two-year-old, I used to think if, because she had an infant, if that kid takes off down the center aisle, I'll go grab him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If nothing else. And I, I never had to do that, but that was my thought. Well, if he takes off, you know, heading for the parking lot or something, yeah. I'll grab him and 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 he's safe. So yeah. sit near somebody sympathetic. Right. And somebody, I have to say, we've all been through it. So, I mean, I had once one mother apologize for her toddlers behaving like toddlers and they were not that big of a distraction and it was fine. And she, oh, I'm so, so sorry. And I said, honey, I have raised eight kids in this parish. Like they could swing off the chandeliers. You're not hearing a peep yeah, right. out of me. <laughs> not going to bother me, honey. This was nothing. Always nothing bothers me. Yeah. Uh, and but also the other the only thing I will say, and this is one year olds. So I think infants you can take care of. Yeah. You give them a bottle, but they kind of calm down. They can't get out of your arms. They can't go anyplace. Infants are okay. And two to three years old, you can start talking to them about on the, you know, in the car on the way over, you have to sit still, you have to be good, you can look at your book. You can't do anything with a one-year-old. No, you can't. They have no, they have no concept of what's going on here. They're, they're babies. They're babies. There's nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing. And so we did have a case with my one daughter uh, who was acting, and we were taking her out. And then I thought, do we really want to do this? Like, okay, act up, go out. Yeah. And, um. So for a while, and it was only maybe a couple of months, my husband and I went to different masses. Uh, totally valid. Yeah, it's a, it's a choice. I don't know. If you have a hard one like that, and it's just so stressful for you that you're miserable. And you can't explain. Nothing you can do with a one-year-old. That's, yeah. what I'm, that's why yeah. I specifically say one-year-olds. A three-year-old acting like that, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're going to have an opinion. <laughs> you, you know, there's stuff you can do with a three-year-old, but a one-year-old, they don't understand. They have no idea where they are. Yeah. All yeah, they know is that mommy is making them sit still and they hate it. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, they go through a phase where they're just, if you make them sit still, they're just going to scream and disturb everybody else and make you stressed out and, and 
So it's better if you can split up, split up. You go to Saturday night, he goes Sunday morning, yep. you bring the, all the rest of the kids. The, there's no shame in that. I, I think that's a perfectly valid option for, for seasons, for seasons. I yeah, mean, like I said, it was maybe a couple of months. We didn't do it forever. Yeah. And then she reached a different stage in her development and we, where we could explain to her, you have to be a good girl at church so we can all go together. And then she was. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, I'm going to spring this on you because we didn't talk about this. What do you think about a cry room? Because I have specific opinions <laughs> about a cry room. Okay. So <laughs> the one church we belonged to for years and years and years had a cry room. And I think it was that baby I'm just talking about <laughs> was so terrible. And I had never used the cry room, but I thought, well, let me go try it out. And what bothered me was that there were like eight, nine-year-olds playing with matchbox cars on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. That's and what I bothered it. It wasn't like moms of one-year-olds sitting there trying to control their kids. Right. It was older kids who should have been old enough. And, and I would let's presume maybe one or two of them had you know, neuro problems or something. I mean, did they all? No, no. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A nine-year-old can even, like, if mom has to go nurse the baby in the crying room, a nine-year-old could sit quietly by himself in mass. Right. You no, know, without you sitting there. They can just sit, you know, and, and if they so, can't, then that's a problem. That's a big problem. Right. And that's that's a discipline problem that you should be dealing with yeah. in another way. But uh, no, I'm not a big fan on cry rooms, I have to say. Now, I will say where my one daughter lives in Ohio, I go to her church, a beautiful old church, and they have their cry room is just a glassed in bunch of pews in the back of the church. Yes, that's the one in, in where we go to church in Savannah. It's that kind of, it's like a half wall with glass and then yes. it's piped in like um, speakers. Um, yes, but, but you could, but you could sit. They're not like off somewhere in another room where the kids. It's everybody sitting in the pews and stuff. It's mm -hmm. just, I might have if, if I had that kind of cry room available, I might have done it. Yeah, that's that's nice because it generally ends up being a bunch of three year olds in there with their mom and a baby, um, right. Who are just going to be noisy, and the moms are a little you know self conscious about it. That doesn't bother me. I have been um, in some cry rooms where I've seen where they have, you know, toys. It looks like a nursery school. Yep. And that, to me, that's just a bad idea. It's just a bad idea. Well, it's a horrible that, habit. Yeah. Horrible, for that reason, we said before, like, you should not be training them to entertain themselves through church. And that's exactly what that does. I'm also not yeah. a huge fan of, like, all the kids get up and leave for the, the gospel or something like that, which my my parish does. Um, a lot of parishes do it. I, I don't know enough about it. it. It kind of bothers me on just a level of, like, they can't sit there and listen to the priest. Yeah. But and, I suppose the idea is they're learning the gospel at an age appropriate level. Yeah. And that's what it is. And it's, it's a very, um, it's a very nice idea, but again, I don't like, I like to sit with my family at church and I like to be able to talk to them about the homily after. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's validity to it, I guess. I just, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. I, I, no, I have mixed I, feelings about the whole thing. I do too. I do kind of. Uh, but one of the things that we talked about, like one-year-olds is not a blessed thing you can really do about them, except they grow, you know, keep feeding them so they get older. <laughs> uh, but then once they hit two and a half, three years old, they know they have to behave. Now right. it's harder for them to behave. Let me say that. It's not like I think, wow, they're three years old and all of a sudden they can sit still, but they know they have to, and you can tell if they're trying. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to move around. I, you can't expect a two and a half, three year old, even up to three and a half years old to sit for 45 minutes to an hour. They're right. going to move. They're going to sit on your lap and they're going to go, they're going to go whisper in their sister's ear. And then they're going to like sit maybe on the kneeler for a little while. As long as they're quiet 
and not really not, disruptive. Right, and not disturbing people. That's where I am. However, once they hit four or five years old, yeah, and they're still trying to act like that, there's got to be a consequence. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you can sit through a SpongeBob episode, you can sit through church. That's right. <laughs> you really that's can't right. And that's just sit I used there. to say that to my kids. Hey, you don't seem to have any trouble sitting still watching TV for an hour. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be an issue at all. So you can do that. You can do this. So one of the things maybe is, you know, everybody else goes home and we pick up bagels on the way home. Well, Junior doesn't get to eat his bagel. Right. We had we had donuts. We would hit Duncan on the way home from church. And that was our literally it was our bribe. <laughs> if, you right. if you misbehaved, you didn't get your donut. And that was yeah. a huge deal. It was a huge deal to the five yeah. and six year old. And I I'm telling you, it only had to happen once. Well, that's yeah. I always say that that stuff only has to happen once. And in the worst circumstances, what I've done a few times and again, you only have to do it once. You can't sit still in church. You have to practice. Right. So yeah, I would put yeah. a dining room chair in the middle of the living room and they have to sit there. And I, I wouldn't make them sit there for an hour, depending on the age, but uh, they have to sit there. You have to sit there and practice being still. Yeah. And, and you I'll can do that there. on on their bed without any toys. You can do that on the step, the first step of the house. Yeah. You can do that anywhere. Just plop them down and say, all right, you set a little timer and say, OK, now you're going to practice. You you messed up that hour for Jesus. He only asked us to go there for an hour a week. Now you're going to give a little of that time back. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. And again, you generally only have to do that once. You only have to do it once. And I realize it's harder, you know, for some kids than for others. But it has been my experience. And don't forget, I had adopted kids and stuff. Yeah. I had adopted foster kids that came from, you know, really tough backgrounds. Nobody goes into foster care because mom spilled coffee on herself. These kids, kids had really rough time. And yet they were able to learn how to sit still in church. Yeah, I have, um, you know, my my one of my sons is on the spectrum and he has... um some stimming kind of issues, you know, we yeah. flaps Flap and he knows hand. he, yeah, he flaps. He's a flapper. <laughs> he knows he does it, but he doesn't realize he's doing it sometimes. And he'll start, he'll get going in church. And all we have to do is put our hand on his shoulder. You know, when he stops, he realizes it. And so it reminds him. So there are children who have a difficulty in just sitting still, but if you work out a signal ahead of time, where work I'm out a signal or your hand or, work or whatever. Out a plan. Yes. Sure, work out a plan. One of the things that I did uh, in the car on the way home, I would say, what do you think about when father said this? Mm. Or, you know, that's yes. one of my favorite gospels. So we would discuss so they knew that I was going to be questioning them. Right, yeah. So they had to have some little beings. nugget. <laughs> they had to come up with something. That's right. <laughs> well, didn't the choir sound beautiful when they sang, you know, the king of love, my savior. Was, you know what, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so we kind of would discuss it in the car on the way over. My sister and her family, the kids would say the rosary in the car on the way over. They had a longer ride. They just got into the habit yeah. of saying the rosary on the that's, way there and the way back. That's a nice thing because you, you're asking the Blessed Mother's help. It kind of quiets everybody, settles them yep. down. Um, I would actually, as a homeschooling mother, uh, a lot of my kids are musicians and take music, but some of my kids are not musical. And I would grade them on singing in church. Like that would be part of our music grade. Is oh, that you great. had to sing? Well, when you sing, you pray twice, right? And yep. I, you know, you open the book as long as you can read, you can sing, you can sing along. Um, and I think that's important to participate the way you're supposed to. So if everybody's singing, you better be singing, otherwise your music grade is going to suffer. <laughs> I didn't think of that one. That's a great one. Yeah, why not? I mean, they get all, oh, what do you mean I'm going to get an F? Right? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> they don't yeah, need right. to know that. <laughs> they don't need to know that. They have no idea. <laughs> but anyway, I hope these are these ideas are helpful for people. Um, I think I think that 
the big message that both of us want to give, it is possible for your kids to be good in church. It is. It is. And it is possible for you to um, live through these years and still keep your sanity. <laughs> and it's okay if not everybody loves to see your big family coming in church because God loves to see your big family coming in he church. Sure does. So do not worry about the stink eyes or just being embarrassed because I would have to say 99% of people are just delighted to have you there. They really are. You, yeah, you, like, you'll think about it more than it. they will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think that's a really good point. Well, again, we'd like to uh, thank our primary sponsor, Seton Home Study School, our other sponsors. Uh, mm -hmm. We would definitely urge you, Mary Ellen and I can't tell you, we're surprised somewhat and thrilled that we've been uh, so well accepted. These podcasts have done really yeah. well. Yeah, thank really you for well. that. Yeah, it's, it's such a so gift. It, it is really a gift. Uh, by all means, if you have a friend, even who's not a homeschooler, but who, for example, has a lot of kids and takes them to church on Sunday, <laughs> by all means, please, you know, share recommend, tell people, because we deal with a lot of issues that are very specifically homeschooling, but today's really had nothing to do with homeschooling. Right. Catholic family issues. And and that there, there's a significant portion of episodes geared toward that. So we're happy to have you share that if, if you feel like it's valuable, and we hope you do. So anyhow, well, thank you so much for joining us. Again, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and God bless you and your family. God bless. Thanks again. And now we'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Seton Home Study School. Seton Home Study School is a nationally accredited, faithfully Catholic, private distant learning school that serves students from pre-K through 12th grade. There are currently 17,000 homeschool students enrolled in Seton Home Study School and many, many more who use their books and materials, including several small Catholic schools. Since 1983, Seton Home Study School has faithfully served the homeschool community in the United States and all over the world. Please check out their website, setonhome.org, for more information. And thank you, Seton Home Study School, for sponsoring the podcast, The Stay-at-Home Schooling Moms.